Okay, good evening everybody. So, we are, actually I'm going to, there were a couple of chat of, of Prokim in the Sefer, Orach HaSeh Shabar Chaim Kanievsky, which are certainly important, but, but when I looked it over, I didn't think it was as relevant for all of us. One was on Hadras Panim, where Chaim talks about that his, like his great uncle was very against being clean-shaven, uh, those who went to Rav Chaim know that it was a pet peeve of his, and while it's in, well, not necessarily that everyone hold of that, what I do, do believe that, that the one thing to take out of that chapter, which is I think we should all have in mind, is that Rav Chaim talks about the Jewish look. Besides any halakhic questions about shaving or not shaving, there is a, 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 there is something to be said about being unabashedly happy to look like a yid, like a Jew. And, that, and, and there's a lot to say about that. I'm not going to focus on that today. And the other thing I'm skipping, again, not because they're not important, just because uh, I think I'd like to make this, is a Torah we did cover to cover, was written by the Ramak, and it was all, had a, a lot of depth to it. This also has, but he was writing this with the yeshiva students, and some is more relevant than not. And the other is about learning everything in the Torah is there. It's also important to know that you can become, you know, be fluent in, in even medicine in, in theory, if you're one of the G'dayli Hador. Uh, it's an important thing to know, but, but what he discusses, I think, is less uh, pertinent, at least for our purposes. So, that leaves us on the next chapter, which is Hashkacha. Now, typically, when we talk about Hashkacha or Hashkacha Pratis, what we're really talking about is divine providence. For example, everyone on this phone call, on the Zoom call, to be more specific, or anyone who's going to hear it tomorrow or forever, there's a level of hashkacha, whether we, everyone who's on it right now, I know, we've met, we have long-term relationships. Uh, other people I've never met, how they end up on, my, uh, on, on listening to this show, they will either have heard it, someone sent it to them, or they're, they're, they start listening to my shirim, or whatever reason is, there's a hashkacha on every shear that you'll ever hear. There's a hashkacha on every person you ever met. There's a hashkacha, I, as I mentioned, I came a few minutes late right now because when the G'dayli Hador, one of the elder sages of the generation, are in Chicago, and it delayed me by a few minutes and I, I couldn't get out. So that's also, there's, there's a divine providence in everyone we meet, what, the generation we live in, the people we encounter, Certainly, the Jewish people as a nation have a tremendous amount of hashkacha, divine providence. Uh, where we end up and how we end up, and where we're led, actually, which is from a Jewish history article of that sort of Brazil. If you look at that article, or read in general Jewish history, you'll see the Jewish people are, are, are a nation like no other. And what happens to us is can only be made. Uh, in heaven, in fact, is stranger than fiction. And certainly, Claudius Lashem watches over the Jewish people. Reb Chaim, remarkably, in this chapter, he talks about Hashkacha, he focuses on the extra special Hashkacha of Tzadikim, of Gedalim, of Great Tamilacham. Now, I was thinking to myself, why did he do that? Well, one, one reason he, he did that is because, let me give you an example. I, I always say, I got married the first opportune time. I Baruch Hashem, I'm very happily married because my wife, she's amazing. And the way that happened is I got married my first chance because all I, I did for a few years, but I was the first 
boy, my wife dated. So I always say that the first opportunity I possibly could have got married, I got married. I'm always a few years younger than me, as you know. And when I think about it, kind of have many, many children and many years later, the I would never have picked my wife, per se, you know, but, uh, you know, because she wouldn't have been what I thought, because we have our differences of nuance, but I, it was perfect for me, in the sense that, I'm, and for that reason, I'm very happily married on many, on many levels. Picking who you marry, how that works out, there's a billion, billions of people in the world, there's millions of people that, uh, who are Jews, and finding the person, or, you know, encountering, there's always a level of, of hashkacha. Uh, forgetting any issues of the state of Israel, this or that way, the state of Israel was voted in historically probably the only time it could have been. That was hashkacha. That, but the, 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 there was hashkacha uh, all the time of, of who's alive and what generation, the right person at the right time. I can go, I can go we can give a litany of people and things that we all know in our own lives. You know, one of the things I, I spoke about and speak about is seeing Hashem in your day in, day out life and how we're being, we have opportunities to accumulate this for life. That's Hashkacha Pratis, divine province that, that is fundamental to Yiddishkeit, to Judaism. Hashem not only created the world, but Hashem is involved in your life and my life, and certainly of the Jewish people in the world, and leading in a certain direction. What Chaim focuses on is that Sadiqim, really great sages, have a, a higher level. It's almost like there's a laser beam which is more intense by them uh, because of the level they're on. That, that idea is brought down in Rishenim, Vachrenim, the Iker Hashkachas by Tzadikim, by really great people, and it's so much so that it, by, by such Kudoilim, by such great sages, it could even border on miraculous. And this is important to know because it reminds us that all of us have Hashkacha, and certainly the, the more we're connected to the great people, the more divine providence there is. And so Chaim kind of focuses on that, um, not to the exclusion of the Hashkacha, of divine providence in your life and mine, but to know what it means to have the highest levels of Hashkacha. In a Re'inu B'choldor, we've seen every generation, Hashkacha, Hashem Yisparach, the divine providence of Hashem Al-Hat Tzadikim, specifically on the righteous. Lamalta Mikol Ra, to protect them from any forms of evil, to protect them from any forms of evil ulavarchem and to bless them, Kamoshikasov, as the Pasik says, Khaina Malach Hashem Saviv Lareyav, we are Khatsam. I know this I say this Pasik three times a day. As you know that there are many who have accustomed to say the Psukim of their names at the end of Shimon Esra, and it's based on the first and last letter of your name. So my middle name is Chaim. So that's this Khaina Malach Hashem Saviv Lareyav Khatsam is the Pasik for Chaim. So Hashem um, ha- puts a malach around those who fear him, and he saves and redeems and protects them. A ma- those who fear Hashem have a special level of hashkacha, a special level of Hashem watching over them. Uvetainus, the Gemara says in Mesachas Tainus, that Nachamish Gamzu, who was one of the, the, one of the, really the first primary teacher of Bikiva, one of the great Satikim, the Talmud there elaborates on on how great of a tzaddik Nacham Ishgamzu was. He is known for his statement, Gam Zulatova, this too is for the good. 
because he didn't realize it and recognize it. Everything in our, that, that, now, if a person smokes and gets cancer, that's you cause that. Person is careless or reckless when they're driving, they get into an accident, they cause that. Now, that's but but the things that come from Shemayim are always for the good. Now, if a person's reckless. It's also for the good, the, the accident or the sickness, because it is a level of kapara or whatever. But, but, but his focus really is, Gamzu Tova was, everything Hashem is for the good. So Nachamish Gamzu was this tremendous tzaddik in the generation before Rabbi Akiva. And his, how, his bed was in an abayas ru'uah, in a shaky house. Now, in general, one should not live in a shaky house, because you can, you, you're not allowed to put yourself in danger. But he was such a tzaddik, and he lived in a totally different plane that um, he was protected. And not only that, he was willing to say, Bani, ponu es he, he felt it was time to abandon this house for whatever reason, because it was, he didn't want to rely on open miracles. But he said, first take out all of the, the picture books, the albums, the, the, the cooking utensils, take everything out of the house. And Akarkach, and then take out my bed, because he was the end of his life. It's part of the Talmud, like more pieces over there, that he was bedridden. And he said, Then remove my bed with me in it. Shemuftach Lachem, you should know, as long as I'm in the house, this house won't fall. But the second, the Talmud then would go on and say, The second he removed his bed, the entire uh, building collapsed. Actually, talk about Hashgacha, the the the, the Mir Yeshiva, which was the 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 um, the feeding ground for many of the, the, the Torah sages after the Holocaust. It miraculously, mir- literally miraculously, escaped Lithuania. Ended up first in Japan and Kobe, Japan, and eventually in Shanghai. And when they came to Shanghai in uh, 1941, they they had nowhere to go, in theory. He had hundreds of yeshiva students. And what had happened is, dozens of years earlier, this intermarried Iraqi Jew, I think he wants to send this over in Russia in the shul, an intermarried Iraqi Jew, who had married, uh, who worked for a Sassoon family, um, who had a dream that his father told him to build a shul. He built this magnificent, huge shul, uh, for no, with no people, there was a very small, tiny Jewish community in Shanghai. They built a shul for hundreds, and no one had any idea what in the world the purpose was. But when the Mir Yeshiva came, they filled up the shul, and I saw this in a couple of places. I never heard it firsthand, but I saw places that every single seat was taken, and they had exactly as amount of seats that they needed. And a short while after the Mir Yeshiva left Shanghai, when the World War II ended, that building collapsed. So you're talking I read about, the book, The Fugu Experiment, which uh, got into a whole lot about that, the right. Shiva and, and that building, yeah. The building, so it's, a fa- it's, a, it's, it's fabulous Hashkocha, right? It's a dream of the mirror. First, the whole story of the mirror getting out is a high level of Hashkocha, but the mirror, it was built for the mirror. And, and, and Rav Nachman Shkocha says, the building will not fall as long as I uh, um, am here. V'chen Shem also, another Gemara right there in Tainus, that Rav Ada bar Sheikh Nisu Rav Huna Lebayis Ruah. Rav was this great tzaddik, and Rav Huna was a Rosh Hashiva in Babylonian, a Rosh Hashiva of Sur, actually. He brought him in. He wanted to get out. He, he didn't trust himself, his own righteousness. 
But he brought in Rav Ada Barava. Now the Gemara says that Rav Ada Barava was not ha- pleased when he figured out why he was brought to this house. But when Rufuna wanted to get out this expensive wine in the house, he brings this tzaddik in there with him. Rufuna, by the way, was a, we'll see in a moment, was himself was, was a huge tzaddik in Gadol, was the leader of the generation. But he knew that if he, Rav Ada Barava was there, that the house and I fall, and so it was. The Shamha also in the Gemara and Tainus, there was Dever. Devarta was, is Dever. There was a plague in the area of Rav. Now, so Rav was the first Rosh Hashiva of Surah. We know that the, for most of Babylonian Jewish history, the two primary great yeshivas were Surah and Pompadisa. Rav was the founder of the Surah Yeshiva. And in his community, there was a, a serious plague. Lohavis Devarta, um, <coughs> Lohavis Devarta, but, um, but uh, in Rav's neighborhood, his direct neighborhood, so in the city, Surah, there was a plague. But in Rav's neighborhood, there was not a plague. Savru they thought it was Mishum, that the whole merit that this plague did not afflict the neighborhood of Rav was because did not did not uh, it was a great merits of Rav not for Zchusay, but they saw in a dream it was the Rav is Zchusay uh, is by most of uh, uh, Rav did not finish Zchusay Rav was so meritorious it was a small thing to save his community it was what was the merit that the, that the plague did not hit the community of Rav Rav was didn't Rav was so big he didn't need it was it was a gavra the child Marav Zavla. The Kfura was one Jew who was very careful to lend out his shovel and hoe that people should be buried. That was the merit. By the way, it's just a reminder. Uh, one of the things that you and I, we all typically don't appreciate enough is the merit of our own good deeds, doing mitzvahs. Uh, this, who, this guy, if it wouldn't be for this Jew, no one would have robbed, saved the community. One simple Jew who's there, who's making sure that people were being buried. Now, it's not just burial, it's in the middle of a plague. <laughs> so this guy is giving out his shovel and his hoe, being careful everyone should be buried. That merit blocked the plague from hitting uh, his particular community. Nacham, I said, Bedrokas is another city in Babel, a shtetl in Babel, of Lake Kesa. There was a fire. Uveshvus of the Rufuna, and then we mentioned Rufuna before, and Rufuna's Neighbor, the fire did not miraculously did not burn. Savarmine, by the way, I think two years ago, three years ago, there was a fire in Calabasas. It's like it went like an old, it was a massive fire in Calabasas, and he saw this fire was in all directions, and where the Calabasas yeshiva is, it stopped right feet feet around, like went right around the yeshiva. It's like a massive fire. Just stopped right around the yeshiva and did not burn the yeshiva. Now, now you're going to say to me, there are yeshivas that Khalila things happened. Of course, that that there could not be some merit, there could be other reasons. But when you see this does happen, it's for not for not. If, 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 especially, it's like like a jigsaw puzzle. It was like a gerrymander around the yeshiva that it should not be uh, be burned. It was not, it was not a little 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 uh, little fire. It was a massive fire that burned down many houses and structures. Um, so this this fire in the, in the community of Rafuna, and, 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 and but it did not hit Rafuna's neighborhood. 
So he thought it was the summit that there was a great merit for Funo. It's Chazul Bekalmal, he saw in their dreams. Ah, it wasn't a Funo, his merit was so great, small to have this. It was because of an Itisa, because of a lady, the Machmas Tanura, she would warm up her oven. By the way, in those days, the oven was not common in people's houses, not like it was today. Uh, it was very uncommon. And she would invite her neighbors to come in and use her oven. Now, Rabbi Meltzin writes in the Siddur Gra, what in the world does the Gemara mean that by Rav and Rav Huna, the, the merits were so great? They were so great. Why was it not their schos? It had to be the lady who's lending out her oven or the person lending out his shalom ho for burial. And he, he quotes the Yaris Tvash, uh, who was a Yonis in Ibschitz, that there's Bishum, Shikfar Amru, we know that when there's a t- time of judgment, that the, the, the Malach Amavis does not distinguish or, uh, or the Satan between a Tzaddik in Russia, which is a righteous person in Russia, but that's talking about Tzaddik that's not purely righteous. But a Tzaddik Gamor, a person who's totally, fully righteous, ain't no Shlita Olav. The, the Yitzhahara has no Shlita, no power to damage that person. The, also on Dever, he would not ha, uh, have it. And that's what the Pasuk can tell us, on your right will fall a thousand, uh, on one side, and a, a, a myriad, tens of thousands on your right. But it won't hit you. So Rav and Rav even if a Dever had afflicted their community, or the fire had burnt down, they would have been saved. They would have been okay. But everyone else would not have it. And therefore, it was the, the woman who left her oven, and the guy who left her shovel hole, it was their merit that saved their cities. Um, which means um, that just you understand that Rav and Rav Huna, they were on a level which is completely different. That's what I'm kind of trying to show. It's a reminder that even a simple person, their merits could be the merits that change, change the whole equation. But it's also that Rav and Ravuna were so great, they would no matter what would have happened, they were above uh, the they were above the, the, the fray. Now, by the way, we, we say on Tishabov that there are Sarhurgi Malchus, there are ten martyrs, and there are sometimes where it could happen to Tzadik. That's when there's a specific Gezerah for a kapara on Kalyasol. So that that's not that's not even a question of their merits. That's not a haphazard fire or play. I'm just answering a question you may have. That's when there's a gezerah and there has to be a kapara for Kalyasol, an atonement. In that case, you'll have Rabbi Akiva killed in, in the stadium of Kisaria or other of the Surahamukimalchas, but that was not that wasn't because of their merit. That was the whole generation was Xero because of them, and there's a lot more to say about that, but I don't want to focus on that right now. But again, Rav and Ravuna are completely above anything happening to them. They have their own level where they're not, they're not going to be touched. Also, the Talmud says, very famous Gemara, uh, Matzina Itza, there was a lady, the Kamahadro Lemishko offer Matute Kari to Bechanina. There was a Bechanina Mendesa. 
was this tremendously, not only Talmud Chacham, but this, this person who's murgal, accustomed to mitzvahs, tzaddik, and this lady was trying to take dirt, because in those days there's a certain way to do a level of witchcraft, of manipulation, of spiritual power. We don't live in a world like that today. And Rabbi Hanina ben says, sorry, I'm like, yeah, love Mr. Milsa. By me, I live in a level of Ein Oid Movado. There's nothing besides Hashem. Rechinim ben Daisa was the one. We, we, we offer the songs about this. It's, it's brought down. The Rambam says in Mordechai, the Chaim Valajin, and Nefesh Chaim, that a Jew who lives cognizant, that there's nothing but Hashem, cannot be hurt. She, so he told this, this witch, essentially, Ein Movado. And the Ariza, or Isaac Lawyer, the, 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 you know, who, the big Mukobol, he says, why was it called Kshafim? This love was Shavish. They used to be Mashkichen, Machishen. They would affect the divine flow. They would, it wasn't just Hocus Pocus. It was actually, they would tap in. In a world, we don't, again, we don't live in a spiritual world like that today. We're not living in a world, today, anything like this, it's, it's, it's Narashkite, it's stupidity. But there was a period of time where there were people actually were tapped in to the ability to affect the spiritual world. Um, Shani, Shani Rabbi Hanina, the, the Gemara explains that Rabbi Hanina Mendoza, when he said Imavado, he had a lot of merits and he, was, and he was not scared of any negative spiritual force. He was so great. Vikudushin, Hahumazik Be Rabbanan. There was the Mazik Be Rabbanan. The Chiavi Ailo Batrain, there was some negative spiritual force. And the Gemara talks about that. I'm going to skip all this, it's very long. I want to finish, uh, finish up this, this parak tonight. And he says, Do you want to, That's all the time of Talmud. He brings down an ultimate Rajashim, a Meister Behuda Chassid, that a guy, Behuda Chassid, was a, a, a 12th century German Gadol who wrote Sefer Chassidim. And there's a Meister of a guy. Went to kill him. Now, if you're a 12th century, Behuda Chassid is living, I think he's in Regensburg, Germany. He's in Germany for sure. Um, and 11th century, 12th century Germany, the, the Jewish blood was cheap. Uh, this guy wanted to kill him. And one day, this guy who's plotting to kill Behuda Chassid, Pechas Reisho Bechalon, his head got stuck in the window, and the window, he couldn't get his head out. It, literally, the window like, basically made a U around his head. And he can't. And the Gemara, the Gemara, this story is discussed at length. How this guy who wanted to kill him, the tzaddik, was basically put out of commission. Also, Seder Hadaris, which is an old sefer, brings a story that Rashi, that a guy wanted to kill him, and and it also it talks about how he became blinded. He became blind. He couldn't see anymore. The minute he decided to kill Rashi, and the, the sefer Hadaris elaborates on that. Also. This is, a, this is a very famous story, and this is not that long ago, uh, that were Mekiva Eger. Now, uh, for those who do not know, Ephraim and Lee Lindemaum are descendants of Rabbi Akiva Eger. Okay? They led sense to the Chassam Seifer, who was a son-in-law of the Akiva Eger. Rabbi Akiva Eger was a Rav in Posen at the, in the, in the early, early 18th century. He was considered the greatest sage in Western Europe, and one of the two or three greatest ages of the generation. Rabbi Kiva Eger's works are studied every day in yeshivas around the world. Okay, Rabbi Kiva Eger was a guy in Atzim. So you're not you're talking about people you know. <laughs> people you know, it's their ancestor 
200 years ago. And he went to Warsaw, which was the time of the Jewish, biggest Jewish city in the world. And the Shlomo Zalman, the Balkan the Shlomo, was there. Va'az Isha. This was a story, by the way, and this, I'm, I'm stressing this because this was a story witnessed by people, by, by many people, not that long ago. Okay? Ba'isha, a woman, came in front of these Go'inim that her husband had become a Mashumid. That means her husband became an apostate. And he did not want to give his wife, who was a religious lady, a get. But I'm assuming in those days, usually many, he became a Catholic. And she said that the Chem Shlomo, the Rav Varsa, tried very mightily to get this guy to give a get to free his wife, although also be other. And now, when she heard the Rav of Posen, Rabbi Kiva Eagle, came to Warsaw, she came. That maybe together, the Chem the Shlomo, the Rabbi Vorosah, and Rabbi Eger together can figure out a way that she become, she can no longer be an ego, an Ogunaguna. She can't get remarried because she does not have a get. When the Chem the Shlomo looked at Rabbi Eger and she said, We should help her. We, I've tried to help. Maybe together, with, she's a Rachmaz, because all we can do it. Um, Rabbi Eger said, Try to get me her husband. They pushed and they pushed and they pushed and they finally got this guy to come in front of Rikki Veger and the Chem the Shlomo. Um, and they came and um, uh, you know, the way they came, he said, he said, I don't want to go. He said, what are they going to do? Um, uh, you know, and so Rikki Veger said to him, why are you not giving your wife a get? Um, you you did your life decisions. But why? What do you care to give your wife a get? I don't want to free my wife. Your stupid Jewish laws. I'm not following your stupid Jewish laws. So Rekiv Eger said to him, well, maybe you remember something about Judaism, about Torah. Maybe when you're younger... You learn to Gemara, and imagine, sitting that this guy was a, a Jew from Warsaw who married a very religious lady, that's what, what the world was 200 years ago, and he, because of the pressures of society, became a, a, a Catholic, refuses to give his wife again, and says, no, I'm not going to help her out. So Vicky Vega says, well, let me remind you of a Gemara, of your youth. The Gemara says the following thing, he says to him, he brings a Gemara condition. And the Gemara says in the beginning of the Gemara, Rekiva Eger puts his finger on the daf. The Chazal said, the Mishnah says, how a woman gets married, that's the beginning of the Mishnah. And the woman becomes free to get remarried. There's two ways a woman can get, leave her marriage and be free to marry somebody else. Either a get is given, or the misas habal, or a husband dies. So Rekiva said, either way, you give your wife a get, but if, if you don't want to give your wife a get, then she'll be freed with a misas habal. You will die. <laughs> That's what Rekiva Eger said to him. You either give her a get, or you will die. This mashumud this apostate laughed in front of Rabbi Kiv Eger. 
He went, he said, you're not going to die in your face. And he's a guy probably in his 30s, 40s, young. Vinay Belichtom and Abayas. As he left the house, he lost his sight. He fell down the steps and died on the spot. And there were witnesses who saw this entire thing. Right? This is when you start with Rabbi Akiva Eger. He says, you have a choice. You will give her a get or die. And the guy laughs. And he leaves Rabbi Akiva Eger. This has happened. Veshema Gudaylam. It brings down about the Chidar. The Chidar was um, this great Sephardi sage who lived, who actually died in Italy, but he was one of the leaders of Yishalayim. He was a prolific author in all works of Kabbalah and in Halakha. Uh, wrote over 70 works. He was one of the heads of the Yishalayim community. He was a bibliophile as well. Goin Atzum, the Chidar, in his travels, um, a person who was a Kohen who complained about his wife um, that she had had was secluding herself with a certain individual now this woman came from a very prominent family as we'll see in a second um, and the, the other Dayanim who was the Chidah said uh, that uh, you know, we're quiet, and the Chida says you should divorce her. Get divorced to her. These other judges who are with with the Chida didn't want to say. I mean, here a guy comes and says that his wife was secluded, so there's no witnesses. He just one of what I'm saying. How can you say that? Because uh, he's got to cover up for her. You're going to adjudicate without witnesses. You have to be a prophet. And, and Torah is not Bashamar, it's not the heaven sea. You can't do this. Now they're related to this lady at some level. You can't do this. First of all, there's no Navi Nevis today. And we know what Chazal say, uh, the, 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 Torahs, the Torah, you need witnesses. You can't just say, you know that she was acting improperly. Lichtelel, he lo chashulamuma. The chidat didn't think, didn't even pay attention. Ach Amar, pam shenis leish balisha, shma bekoili. Listen to what I'm telling you. Divorce the woman. Echroaisim kila anosam davar viyochel kove isha asher nichbade yerazos. What happened is the chidat was this great sage, but he was a visitor. And they all came against the Chidah, right? When the Chidah, when it came to the Chidah, this Taina, they came to the house he was staying at, living at, learning at, he would learn most of the day. Um, he got he had a, a level of Ruach Hashem. Listen to the story. This is brought down in a few places. It's been kind of bringing it down to here. Vayikra Saisha, I called this lady to him, Vitavalav, Labes Haaliyah. Asher Shammai Achedel Lamodo, where he would learn and study. Uchroisa Oisav Yaka Mekiso, Vayelach LaArges. He went ahead where the Chidah had a safer Torah, and he read the parsha of Saita, and he read it as he read the Torah. But Haman and Guinness, Vayekafnoisa Shich Malalachas Veikra Lav Hagoyin Azulah. It's the Chidah. But call, he said, what, the, the, what happens to a Sota lady if. She, um, um, if she drinks it, if she doesn't drink it, um, and 
you know, about what she did the deed, if she acted, if she was an adulteress or not. All of a sudden, she uh, started to actually, her whole body turned green, and she started to bloat, like the, the Gemara says, it's uh, 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 like a saita, and all the people in the room, all call Zaka, they get, they get her out of here, she shouldn't blow up and, and, and die in the, in the house. And everyone after this, um, uh, you know, uh, um, Uh, you know, realized that this, this was witnessed also by dozens of people. They wrote this in the town Pincus uh, as well, and in this was was discussed for dozens of years afterwards. Vishamati Shemadregas Mazuvas Ha'elo, and these steps where that story happened were there to the World War II. He said that Rav Chaimen says, I'm getting close to the end of it, that I heard from my brother in law, um, Shol Barzam. That the Chazan Ish told him, the Chazan Ish was his uncle in the Kabbal Hador, that until the last generation, which is the generation of the Chavetz Chaim, we saw these miracles by the Gedol Yisrael. Which means if you were out in the Gadol, these things were like Mamish, like you know, by Arvim and Sarif, there were the, 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 the brand, there's always a cloud. There was a level, obviously, at that level of Avram, where if you're around Sadiqim, the miraculous things just occurred. He said, that, that when the Ramayshim Pinsk would go, the Gaim would push him onto their fields, that they knew that wherever Ramayshim Pinsk walked on, the field was, was, was blessed. Um, the Gadol in Minsk, the Minsk Gadol who died 80 years ago, it was known that there were, there were, there were, there were wild dogs outside the, 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 the parameter of Minsk, and they would go, people would run for their lives, but whenever the, the Gadol in Minsk would walk by, the dogs would, would run from him. But he just but he said, mamish Literally, in our last generation, this level of where you around Gadol. Now, by the way, Rebbe himself is not saying here. It's known by uh, that I myself saw things, but the Rebbe around him, like in, in, tremendous things happen, miraculous things. You know the story of the grasshopper, famous story. Learning about the grasshopper, he had a question. The grasshopper jumped into the window right next to him. Um, there's there's lots of uh, 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 of stories, but Rabbi Chaim says in general these that what we're talking about here, this level, really the past generation. He says because we know that at the end of time, that the Torah tells us right before Hash, the the, the, uh, the Mashiach Messianic time, there's a lot, there's a tremendous level of hester upon him of, of God not showing Himself, um, and the reason, by the way, the reason it has to happen that way. This is important, is because the, the darker it is, the less Hashem you see in the world, the more the revelation is. Right? We know, by the way, that thousands of years ago, literally the Zion, when it talks about the time of the Messianic period, right before Mashiach, it's going to be super dark. It's going to be a period of where you're going to wonder what in the world is going on over here. And part of that is not only to test the generations, now I, I don't know if we're in the last generation, but certainly chronologically closer than ever, um, and, you know, many, if not all, the signs of Mashiach are, are, are there, are, are here. But in that period of before Mashiach, there has to be a level of darkness, so the light is even brighter. Okay, it's very important to know. But he says, even so, Afal Pikan, Misha writes, Liris, Kam Hayom, Vesipar Al-Atzmo, Shehaba Mintz, Guzan Malchama, Lohaya Passport, the Chazanish said this, by the way, this is all the Chazanish. The Chazanish said, 
excuse me, the Chazishu said that before Mashiach, it gets dark, he didn't say it gets dark, but there's this loss, he said, the Chazanish said that the last generation, the generation of the Chavetz Chaim, was the last time he would have seen this type of thing. But the Chazanish said about himself, he said, the Chazanish was, by the way, oh, not only the greatest tzaddik in Yishalayim, going after the world, after the world War II, but, but, but a Kaddish, a holy, holy, holy person. And when World War I happened, he said the following thing, the Sibyl Atzich of Minsk, in the First World War, he didn't have a passport. And... They were shooting people without passports because they were concerned they were on the enemy lines. Because they thought, by the way, what would happen, I'm assuming it was the Russians. <laughs> See today how much they care about human life. That when they reconquered Minsk from the Germans in World War I, uh, they were concerned the Germans didn't have passports and they were just they were soldiers in, in civilian clothes. I, I'm assuming it had a lot to do with that. And as the Chazanish said about himself, he didn't have his passport. And they were literally shooting people dead. And he heard that the soldiers came to the city to look, and they were searching. And he wanted to have a, he didn't have his passport because he was on the run. Whatever happened, he went to run away from the soldiers. And instead, he ran right towards the soldiers, and he went right through the soldiers. And they were in lines, and they were all going to the city. And he walked through them, and nobody said a word until he got out of the city, out of Minsk. Va'amar. This is what the Chazanish said about himself. The Chazanish said this. Why did he not get killed? He, he's, they were stopping individual soldiers. He walked through the whole platoon of soldiers. Nobody stops the Chazanish. He said he was positive. The reason he didn't get hurt is that right then and there, right before that period he escaped the city, he finished his safer. By the way, one of the most important works of the Chazanish is on Meseches Erevin. He finished Erevin, and in the merit of finishing Erevin, he said that's why he wasn't hurt. But that was, again, totally miraculous. There should be people dead all around the place without passports. And he just walks through like nothing's going on. Uh, he says, all, uh, he says that's what the, uh, the, the, the Chazan said. And he said, anyone who's around the Yisrael sees these type of things. And, and those who want to see around the Yisrael see it. But you know, it just happens to be this week in Lakewood. They had, um, they actually, it was in Philadelphia. Tens of thousands of people go to Philadelphia for a celebration of, 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 of celebrating those who are studying Kyle in America. And that was really the vision of Rabban Cutler. And the an amazing thing is, not, you know, you have to see the products of the Gedeon too, the, the, the great Hasidic movements that have been rebuilt, the great yeshivas. Uh, you know, if you look at you know, all kinds of, the rebuilding of Torah, it's not just that they're melumid around Tzadikim and Gudelim, but their, their actions actually at the time. I think it's important for you and I to realize, number one, what you, what you and I, Hashem watches over us, but because the Gudelim, the Tzadikim, are the, those who are building the generation, there's an extra level of uh, Hashkacha. It's, again, look at it like a laser, we all have Ashkacha, but Gedolim gets to the level of close to miraculous. They're human like you and I are, but since they're so holy, so holy, Hashem gives a higher, a higher level of of, of Hashkacha uh, as well. And I think well, that that this next week is Vatranas, which means Vatranas is being Mavater, you know, being willing to overlook slights uh, and faults. Uh, you know, I just, you know, I, I mentioned the Tzadikim. 
about hashkach. I think should I do this? Should I not do it? I think it's important to realize what a tzaddik is and what a kabbal is um, and what, what they are. But I, one point that hit me is what the, the Gemara says. You know, we think that you know we undersell ourselves. Hashem watches over us tremendously as well, and how we act and what we do, you know, will affect not only us but everyone around us. So Atronus, by the way, is super important. Being able to be mivater, to overlook, to to not be makbid, to not to, to not holding people by a letter of law, uh, and we'll see why next week. So hold there. Okay, thank you. And again.